1: tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot slash iHeart.
2: Perhaps we have a reading assignment for you. It's One More Thing.
0: Armstrong and Getty. One More Thing.
2: I gotta admit, I hate to admit, as a guy who's pretty well-read, I'm not well-read on P.J. O'Rourke, who died yesterday. I took him in mostly... He was a pundit on Bill Maher's show way back in the day, Political Correct, Politically Correct, his modern version on HBO. I would see him on various shows. I know way more broadcast P.J. O'Rourke than having read him. And I read articles in uh, Rolling Stone over the years, but not his books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got turned on to him at a young age and uh, have a
3: bunch of P.J. O'Rourke books I've had for 30 years.
2: I meant to him and got to talk to him for a while when we were in Charlotte. He was uh, speaking at a lunch that not very many people went to, and I went and... Uh, Got to talk to him for a while. Oh, cool. But um, I read this quote
3: earlier on the show. Yes. Before I forget, we did a uh, interview with him a number of years ago. It's available at armstrongandgetty.com, on Armstrong and Getty extra large podcast.
2: And one of the reasons he was on Bill Maher's show and would be on CNN or NPR, he was a regular on NPR, is he was vicious against the right the way he was vicious against the right uh, left. He is a libertarian conservative and thinks hippies have ruined America, PJ O'Rourke. But he also would take on the right. Uh, in very strong ways, and that's why he was people liked him on both sides. This P.J. O'Rourke thing is not political, really. I read it on the show, and I just thought it was really interesting. The weirder you're going to behave, the more normal you should look. It works in reverse, too. When I see a kid with three or four rings in his nose, I know there's absolutely nothing extraordinary about that person. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I've known a number of people, and it's sad. This is not something I take glee in. But I've known a number of people who had the, a lot of the overt, look how out there I am, and there's just nothing unique, exciting, extraordinary going on there. You're just a sad person who like, doesn't like their parents or doesn't fit in or whatever. Yeah, yeah that does make me sad. It, it it makes me sad, yeah. I'm not so. sure
3: I agree with him entirely, but I, I absolutely get what he's driving at.
2: Uh-huh. And then, um, speaking of reading some of his books. You know,
3: it almost reminds me of the whole uh, the last guy in the bar who's going to make any indication of how tough he is is the Navy
2: SEAL. Right. Right. Um, This is from Give War a Chance. Um, from P.J. O'Rourke. And as I stated, I haven't read his books and I'm uh, embarrassed by that. But oh, now you've read plenty of books. There are so many. <laughs> here's uh, here's the uh, dedication page from from the book. I thought this was really interesting. Like many men of my generation, wrote P.J. O'Rourke. I had an opportunity to give war a chance and I promptly chickened out. I went to my draft physical in 1970 with a doctor's letter about my history of drug abuse. The letter was four and a half pages long, with three and a half pages devoted to listing the drugs I'd abused. I was shunted into the office of an army psychiatrist who at the end of a 45 minute interview with me was pounding his desk and shouting, you're fucked up. You don't belong in the army. (laughs) He was certainly right on the first count and possibly right on the second. Anyway, I didn't have to go. But that, of course, meant someone else had to go in my place. I would like to dedicate this book to him. I hope you got back in one piece, fellow. I hope you were more used to your pollute. I hope you were of more use to your platoon mates than I would have been. I hope you're rich and happy now. And in 1971, when somebody punched me in the face for being a long-haired peace creep, I hope that was you. Wow. I thought that was really good. Wow.
3: Wow, that's a complex stew of uh, thoughts and conflicts there.
2: There aren't that many people that can look back on earlier iterations of themselves and say, I was wrong. I was out of bounds. I'm ashamed of that. There aren't enough people that do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's powerful stuff. Yeah, pretty good.
3: Yeah, I'm going to have to, i got to take a knee. I thought this was going to be amusing. It was instead, you know, powerful. It's caused me to examine my own life. Well,
2: i got another funny one, then, if you want a a funny one.
3: As do I, but go ahead. Here, why don't I do mine while you're uh, getting your ears ready? This is from Parliament of Whores. Uh, His 1991 book that uh, informed a lot of my opinions, and I need to reread it. Government is also boring because in a democracy, government is a matter of majority rule. Now, majority rule is a precious, sacred thing worth dying for. But like other precious, sacred things, such as the home and the family, it's not only worth dying for, it can make you wish you were dead. Imagine if all of life were determined by majority rule. Every meal would be pizza. Every pair of pants, even those in a Brooks Brothers suit, would be stonewashed denim. Celebrity diet and exercise books would be the only thing on the shelves at the library. Uh, blah, blah. Uh, furthermore, government is boring because what's in it for us? Sure, if we own an aerospace contracting company, a 5,000-acre sugar beet farm, or a savings and loan with the president's son on the board of directors, mm. we can soak Uncle Sucker for millions. But most of us fail to plan ahead and buy, McDonnell Douglas. And now the only thing we can get out of the government is government benefits, measly VA checks, and Medicare. We won't get far on the French Riviera on this kind of chump change. The uh, government is so tedious that sometimes you wonder if the government is being boring on purpose. Maybe they're trying to put us to sleep so we won't notice what they're doing, among other things.
2: Yeah, that's good stuff. And I heard the short version of the whole um, um, Santa Claus is a Democrat, God is a Republican. But I thought I'd read you the longer version because I thought it was so good. I think I'd only ever heard the short version. God is an elderly, or at any rate, middle-aged male. (laughs) A stern fellow, patriarchal rather than paternal, and a great believer in rules and regulations. He holds men strictly accountable for their actions. He has little apparent concerns for the material well-being of the disadvantaged. He is politically connected, socially powerful, and holds the mortgage on literally everything in the world. God is difficult. God is unsentimental. It is a very hard thing to get into God's heavenly country club. Santa Claus is another matter. He's cute, he's non-threatening, he's always cheerful, and he loves animals. He may know who's been naughty and who's been nice, but he never does anything about it. He gives everyone everything they want without a thought of quid pro quo. He works hard for charities, and he's famously generous to the poor. Santa Claus is preferable to God in every way but one. There is no such thing as Santa Claus.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's that's great stuff. Yeah. A lot of it's universally true. The only uh, quibble I have... Is that and, and that was, I believe, from Parliament of Horace in 1991. That was back when primarily, with a few exceptions, like the environment and stuff like that, um, the left was always shouting, uh, I ought to be free to do this. I ought to be free to do that. There's, there are too many regulations on my behavior. And the right was, you know, as he was describing God. Um, now the American left wants to regulate everything. Including your speech? So that's quite a, a switcheroo in 30 years.
2: Yeah, back to the uh, criticizing both sides. <clears throat> P.G. work. the Democrats are the party that says government will make you smarter, taller, richer, and remove the crabgrass on your lawn. The Republicans are the party that says government doesn't work, and then they get elected and prove it. Yep. And then finally, this one that I think is so funny. When are the world's political parties going to get appropriate symbols instead of donkey and elephant and eagle? Sure. When are political parties going to get appropriate symbols? Snake, louse, jackal, trash can, clown face, <laughs> dollar this. bill with bat wings on it. <laughs>
0: oh my that god, that's
3: beautiful.
2: <laughs> Read
3: that list again. It was so good. It went by so
2: fast. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, that is funny. Um snake, <laughs> louse, jackal, trash can, clown face. And Dollar Bill with bat wings on it.
3: The clown face party. James Lindsay, that one was for you.
2: Yeah, no kidding.
3: Like the dar- Dollar Bill one's the best one.
2: With the bat wings, exactly.
3: <laughs> ah, the great P.J. O'Rourke. He will be missed.
0: Well, I guess that's it.
1: slash iHeart.
0: com.